When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the News for Jags podcast. We're talking Jaguars. It's the bye week is over. Thanksgiving is over. Seven weeks left in the season. It's the stretch run for the Jags. Can they close strong and be a different team than we saw in many of those weeks before hey, the bye? Despite the first 10 weeks of the season, players in the locker room this week were using the word playoffs. They said they want to make a run and try and get into the Playoffs. I mean, you can cue okay. the Jim Morris sound playoffs, uh, but somehow, some way, technically speaking, mathematically, they are not eliminated. Okay. Well, I just actually <laughs> played Madden on the PS5 last night, and I hammered the Colts to get into the playoffs. So maybe that's what they're talking about: getting into the playoffs on the, maybe their <laughs> PS5 or Xbox. It's not happening this year for the Jags. <laughs> no, it's not, not looking good for them. It's not looking good. They have a rough final seven games of the season. This is going to be a stretch that's going to be tough to find wins. Um, I think we said it on, on the bye week episode. If they can get more than two wins, they got to get at least three in the se- in those yeah. last seven to feel good. And I, even getting that third win is going to be tough. So they're going to have to upset somebody. They're, they're going to have to upset somebody in their first chance to do that this week against the Ravens. Right. So they've got seven left. We've talked about this before. Baltimore at Detroit, at Tennessee, home against Dallas, at the Jets, at Houston, and then home against Tennessee to end it. So before we talk about this week's game, you and I have kind of talked – outside of uh, the podcast, and I think three wins is attainable. I think best-case scenario is a four-and-three finish. I don't think playoffs are in the mix this year. What do you think over these final seven games? Where do you get the third one from is the hard part to me. Like, I think you can beat the Jets, but the Jets are a really good team, and now without their weak spot of Zach Wilson on the right? field, they're even better. So that that's a tough game that I'd say that I was marking as a win. The Texans I'm marking as a win because you just can't convince me that a Doug Peterson team is going to lose to the Texans twice, who they also benched their quarterback, which is something else we might talk about here in a little bit. But where's the third one? Are you marking I, the Lions game I as think, a win? I think that they get a win. It happens every year that they get a win that we don't think they're going to get. I mean, was that the Chargers win and earlier on in the season? Was right. that the win this season? They kind of like a la the Bills last year. I do think they get a win that we don't expect over these final seven games. I do think they can beat Detroit in Detroit. I think that they can pick up a win against Tennessee. I don't think they win in Nashville, but I do think they can win a game here. And then I, obviously I think the Texans game is a win and maybe a Jets game. I mean, the, the, the strength of the Jets is their defense. Right. It's not Zach Wilson. So I do think that there are four wins on the schedule at best case scenario. Four wins? I think there are four wins at oh, best case man. scenario. I got two. I'll give them the Texans game, and I, I, I'm willing to give them the Jets. There, I think it's a possibility of getting one against the Titans, especially if maybe the Titans have sold up that playoff spot and they have nothing on the line the last right. week of the season. Um, that Detroit Lions game, I've marked it as a win in the past. And I think it is a winnable game, but after watching them on Thanksgiving Day hang with the Buffalo Bills, that's a really good football team. And I'm like, okay, 
They'll match up Tyson Campbell and Amon Ross St. Brown, but then can they stop Jamal Williams and can they stop DeAndre Swift? And the last time the Jaguars played the, the Lions, DeAndre Swift had done nothing in his NFL career, came here, broke a 50-yard run. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like, all right, I'm not sure if that – that's it. That, the, Lions, the Lions and the Jaguars have a lot of parallels, but the Lions are playing clean football mm -hmm. while the Jaguars just keep making mistakes. So it'll be interesting, to say the least. I, I think it's a winnable game. I'm just not sure they can win it. I think that they finish. I think that they get three wins of these seven, and I think four is an absolute best-case scenario. Um, and I do think they steal a win somewhere in there. I do think that they beat uh, a Baltimore. I think they beat a Tennessee or a Dallas or somebody that we're just not expecting them to win. And they probably lose to a team that we're not expecting them to lose to. So I think that's what you get with this Jaguars team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out and beat Baltimore on Sunday. Now, keep in mind, Doug Peterson teams in Philadelphia did very well after Thanksgiving, after that bye week. So, for whatever reason, in his time in Philly, I think years two, three, and four, the kind of middle middle time there, he, his teams really peaked post-Thanksgiving. They kind of hit their stride. So, maybe Doug's got something up his sleeve for the stretch run here. Maybe they can turn it on and, and get a few wins. I, I'm not willing to drink the Kool-Aid just yet, but a win against Baltimore might uh, might get me to fill my cup up. Okay, all right. So um, I'm, I'm thinking, I, again, I, there's always a win the Jaguars have. It never fails. And, it, again, it could be the Chargers win when we look back at the season as a whole. But I do think Jacksonville steals a win over these final seven games that we're not expecting and gets people to start talking again about this team. This is going to be a great team next year. Got Calvin Ridley, Doug Peterson, year two, Trevor, year three. So I do think over these final seven games that they will steal a win that they are not supposed to win. I'm sticking to three wins over the final seven games with best case scenario of fourth. All right. Well, before we get no to No playoffs the, for me, though. No, no, no playoffs. playoffs. No, no. All right, man. Uh, well, we were trying to get there. Trying. You know? Trying. Hey, look, I, I, for them to make the playoffs realistically of these seven, they'd probably have to win five. I, I mean, yeah. actually, they might have to win six of them, which is tough. That's, that's a tough task with this, this stretch run of the schedule, and they still need a, some help from other teams. Before we get to the playoffs, though, there's been a lot of like quarterback shakeups this week, and normally we don't touch on a lot of NFL news, but I think this impacts or involves the Jaguars a little bit. Um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's been up and down. Hopefully we're going to start seeing more of the up. He strung together a couple of good games before the bye week, but he is a second-year quarterback, and coming into this year, we kind of, the conversation was, well, who is the best quarterback from his class? Because last season wasn't exactly mm -hmm. great for Trevor Lawrence or really any of those quarterbacks from that class. And now we're seeing a whole lot of quarterback drama for these second-year players. Zach Wilson, the number two pick from that class, starting job pulled. He is not going to be inactive this week for the Jets, so they're turning away from their guy. Uh, Davis Mills, no longer the starter in Houston, right. the guy that was at least in the conversation of the top quarterback from last year. Mac Jones isn't exactly on firm footing, but he had a good a good day on Thanksgiving, right. so he's probably going to be okay. And now we're seeing Justin Fields really elevate. Um, it's looking like the Jaguars may have lucked out a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> by making sure that they they got that number one overall pick and got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and now the question. The question that I really have when I start hearing all these quarterbacks bench pull uh, 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 was maybe this year, that quarterback class was just massively overhyped because if Trevor doesn't 
reach that upper echelon if Justin Fields doesn't mature as a passer. We are seeing him take strides as a runner hugely. Still one of the worst passers in the league. But we're not seeing enough flashes with the arm talent. Um, But if he doesn't take that huge leap, then that quarterback class is going to look Right, absolutely it will. And your, your kind of saving grace right now is Mac Jones. You hope Justin Fields maybe elevates himself as a passer. Again, exceptional athlete. He's running the ball like a Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Historic numbers on the ground for, for Justin Fields. But at some point, teams are going to figure that out, and they're going to spy him or do whatever they need to do and shut him down as a quarterback. So you got to be – I mean, Lamar can pass the ball, and that was a knock on Lamar. I mean, he's got a great tight end, and he can throw the ball a little bit. Again, he's – He's an exceptional athlete trying to play the quarterback position, and uh, he has shown that he can. And he's an MVP quarterback mm-hmm. at you know Lamar Jackson. So you got to be able to do more than run the ball to be that MVP type of quarterback. So I think Justin Fields is going to have to learn how to pass. His credit, he's playing with a, a separated shoulder. Uh, he's a tough, tough guy. Um, so you look right now, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, in, in whatever order you want to put them in. But I like Trevor Lawrence, and I've not, I'm not off the Trevor train. I think next year is his year to make that leap. He's been healthy. He's not been injured like Justin Fields. He's not getting sacked every third time he drops back like Justin Fields. And, you know, Mac Jones is kind of – he is what he is at this point. I think he's going to be a, a decent to above-average quarterback in his NFL career. But I think Jacksonville has the best quarterback out of that 21 class. Yeah, he, he has to be the saving grace for that class because that class is – it's not looking great right looking now. Looking worse and, by the week. And, you know, you, you look back and you say, okay, well, you know, if the Jaguars would have got the number two pick instead of the number one pick, if Frank Gore doesn't make that play for the Jets, what happens? Okay, well, Urban Meyer doesn't come to Jacksonville, positive. Mm-hmm. But who do you take at number two? And you, you're like, would they have talked themselves into Zach Wilson they like probably the Jets would've. did? They probably would have. And I'm not sure what's worse, dealing with Urban last year or using the number two overall pick on Zach Wilson, who you're stuck with for probably at least four years, and he did, has not looked good. It, you know, but Robert Sala was, was very, uh, very clinical in how he explained the Zach Wilson thing. He's not done here. That's going to be the narrative he's done and everything. But it can't bode well when it, you're – I mean, look what the Cardinals he, did. When he played the way he played – and they asked him if you owe an apology to your defense, and he just said flat out no, you're done. You just lost the locker room. Those defensive guys aren't going to say it to the media. They're talking in the locker room. Those guys know, (laughs) like, what do you mean? And um, I think it was Orlowski who, who who was doing the film on ESPN, and he showed the body language of, you know, rookie receiver Garrett Wilson. He's jumping up and down on the field because he was wide open, and he knows Zach Wilson ain't getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And you, your team, he lost the team. And when you go in the media and say something like that, where just, no, I don't know them apology. As a quarterback, you take all the credit when you win, or you get all the credit when you right. win. But you also got to take the blame when you lose, especially when you have an awful game like that. I mean, again, Shaq, bring up Shaq Griffin earlier this year. After the Colts game, he stood up and said, I played awful. It's my fault. I should cost us. And Trevor's done that too. And Trevor Trevor has done that too. Because that's part of it. Everybody in that locker room knows. It's not like y'all never watching this film again. Justin Fields. I mean, the same game. I mean, same same week. Same week. Takes the absolutely shoulders the entire loss. That's just part of it. Zach's done. Right. Zach's done. Because how can you, as a quarterback, 
go and be a leader of men? How how can you get this team to rally behind them when they know you're not going to take none of the blame? Again, you look at what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen. I know there's a difference between the 10th pick in the draft and the second pick in the draft. They got rid of him after a year mm-hmm. as, as a ten, number 10 pick in the draft. And then Zach Wilson, your number two pick in a, in a quarterback-heavy class, and you're yanked midway through your second year. You how, got, do you, how do you recover from that? It's tough. you got to know when with, – with that, I feel like it's all in the timing because the more he plays, the more his stock goes down. So, like, if you are – if you figure out quickly that he's not the guy, it's better to go on ahead and move on from him and get what you can get because – the more you put him on the field, the, the, the less anybody's going to think he has the potential to do it's, it. It's the Darnold situation. You know, it's exactly the That's same it. thing as Sam Darnold. Again, you got a guy who you take third in a draft and you give him away for a song, and you're, you're going to face that situation uh, probably in this offseason with Zach Wilson. How do you, if you're the Jets and Robert Sala, who – Feels like they've got a team that can win now, a defense that can win now. They're mm-hmm. six and six and three, right? Six Despite and four. Despite the play of the quarterback, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so you're going to get to a, a tipping point in this offseason. You've got young receivers who are good, and how are you going to convince the guys in the locker room that Zach Wilson is the guy going forward? So they're going to get a veteran quarterback this offseason. Zach Wilson's going to probably be backing up a Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr, some kind of guy next year. And the the matchups we thought. Would materialize Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence for years to come. Looks like they could be over after a year too. Yeah, it, it, it's done. I mean that that quarterback class is looking rough. It looks like it, at this point there are going to be three guys left standing. It looks like Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields, and that'll be it. Yeah, and Davis Mills again. How many how many career wins does he have, and how many of those have been against the Jaguars? Yeah, there you so go. That's that's uh, an indictment on how bad the Jaguars have been. But mm. the, the Texans are obviously going to. Take a quarterback, number one, yes. next year. You've got to. I mean, you're not going to. They just flipped to Kyle Allen today, and the Davis Mills experiment was. You had to try Davis Mills, though, if you're Houston, to see what you had. I mean, this is a rebuilding year for the Texans. You know you're going to draft high again next year. you got a, an arsenal of picks. You're not going to entrust your franchise to Davis Mills, but they had to kick the tires on him to see what they had. And, you know, if he could play the Jaguars 15 weeks of the year, he'd be a Hall of Famer. And you know what? Good news for the Jaguars because the more quarterbacks they go early in the draft, the better other positions that get pushed down to them. Because sadly, I don't think they're going to win the four games that you're looking for. (laughs) And that means that they're going to be picking close to the top ten, which means I'm already looking at the draft pecking order to see who could get pushed down because of the quarterback. We were talking about this last year at the same time, (laughs) though, too. We were talking about the draft at this point. Uh, ten weeks into their ten games into the season as well, so it, at least it, there's no Urban Meyer this year. To it, talk at about. least there's no Urban Meyer. So you know what the Jaguars were got lucky in twofold that uh, he's gone and they got Trevor Lawrence. All right, this week against the the Ravens, the elephant in the room when you talk about the Baltimore Ravens by far, Lamar Jackson, and. The Jaguars have really struggled against mobile quarterbacks this year. I mean, Daniel Jones ripped them for 100 yards, and he's not exactly a running threat uh, compared to Lamar Jackson. So uh, definitely got a task on their hands, and before they do it, they're making a switch at linebacker. First-round pick Devin Lloyd going to be moving to the bench with Chad Muma, another fellow rookie, later-round draft pick, moving into the starting lineup. We've talked a lot about Chad Muma on this yes. podcast. I know uh, – you, you, you mentioned it a lot that it was kind of like an extra pick, and 
Uh, you know, the Jaguars have said, you know, he was just the best player available, and then boom, just like that, now he's a starter. And that's, to me, that's unbelievable. When you look at Devin Lloyd, I like the Devin Lloyd pick better than I like Trayvon Walker. It looks, I mean, at this point, both of those guys, learning experience, growing year. Um, Devin has struggled since probably week four. Um, he's got good stats, but again, he's been a liability in a lot of situations this year. Uh, I thought the Mooma pick was a luxury pick. I thought that was uh, a draft for the future pick, and you need a third or fourth round pick to contribute. And he's, he's actually contributed, but I did not think that was the best use of resources. Kind of what defense are you going to run uh, drafting two linebackers, or really three linebackers with your three of your first four picks. So I did question that pick at the time, but we'll, we're going to see early. Um, in this last seven games, what Chad Muma's got. I mean, does he supplant Devin Lloyd? Doug Peterson doesn't look at it that way. He just said, you know, uh, politically correct, they want to get Chad some reps. Um, you know, you, you at this point in the season, you're kind of kicking the tires for next year. Yeah. Which of these guys can play? So I do think it's a delicate balancing act for, uh, for Doug at this point. But there's no question that, that Devin has not answered the call on this uh this longer run, and I think it was you know, Doug's words were, hey, it's, this is a great time for a buy, great time for a reset, uh, to look at things, what we need to do for this, uh, this seven-game season that we're in. So is Chad Muma the guy at that linebacker position? Uh, the positive of this is you will find out what you have in Chad Muma right away. Um, it looks like he's a good run defender, which they expected coming in. At the very least, he did get a full training camp, so when he has been on the field, he has been lined up properly. The problem with Devin is that he does have a nose for the football, and he, like last week against Kansas City, looks up and the ball bounces his mm -hmm. way quite often. I mean, literally that fumble that he picked up, he was in the wrong place. He wasn't supposed to be out there, and the ball just happened to be at his feet. So there he goes, running the other direction. Great news, but you weren't where you needed to be. That wasn't your gap. Same thing, a big completion early in the game, Travis Kelsey. That was Devin Lloyd's per That was his zone, and he wasn't there. And the big thing from this is Foye Luikin has been playing great football, but he has been spending so much time pre-snap helping Devin Lloyd and other guys get mm -hmm. lined up that he's not even having time to focus on himself. Again, I mentioned that Travis Kelsey play. Foye's literally yelling and pointing at Devin while covering his zone, telling him that's your guy, and Devin doesn't hear him or see it. And there goes Travis Kelsey wide open into a void. So Foyer has been kind of the manager on this defense trying to get everybody lined up. And if they get a guy next to him in Chad Muma, who in theory is going to be where he is supposed to be and, at least, and know his responsibility and what he needs to do, that takes one thing off of Foyer's plate and will allow him to possibly play freer and possibly raise his level of play maybe another step because it's one less thing for him to manage on the field. Right. Um, Devin's just got to slow it down. I think we're seeing now at this point all those reps that he missed in training camp. Mm -hmm. They're coming. They're, now it's time, to, what, the chickens to roost, whatever you want to call it. This is where that's showing up. You missed because three preseason games. You missed three preseason Throughout games. training camp, yep. you know, we asked Doug, yeah, how much is this affecting Devin Lloyd? I don't know how all many times it. this was asked. And he says, yeah, but he's out there. He's getting mental reps and stuff, but it's not the same as being out there and being able to run through the drills and playing on in preseason games and stuff. So you're Devin Lloyd. You're coming from a not a, not a massive school. You're not an SEC program um, in Utah. And you come into training camp, and boom, first day of camp, what happens? You're out. You pop a hamstring. You miss the first three games. And Chad was out there the whole time. Mm -hmm. So um, – you know, the, I think the deficiencies, you know, 
Devin Lloyd's a better athlete than Chad, but Chad is was there every training camp practice in right. getting those reps and stuff. And being in the classroom, it's it, it's not the same as when you're doing it out on the field. And even doing it in walkthroughs, because Devin did that during training camp, but when you're walking through, it's a slow pace. It's like, okay, well, what are you supposed to do, Devin? Well, I'm supposed to do this. As opposed to when it's game time, it's like, where do I go? I go over here. It's, a, it's 100 miles an hour as opposed to going at 20. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And so when it goes at 20, Devin knows exactly what to do. It, he, he's done that. He's been walking through since training camp. He's got that. But when it comes and the bullets are flying and you're going 100 miles an hour, that's when he gets lost and he goes to the wrong place and he's freelancing. And, I mean, at this point, Chad Moom is an upgrade if he will play the role. We'll have to see if he can play within the defense and be where he's supposed to be and what that really will mean for Devin moving forward. Like you said, uh, going into this, Doug Peterson said that they're not done with Devin and they still have high expectations for him, but he kind of needs a little bit of a, a soft reset right. and to slow his mind down. I, I think that they're probably going to try and, I guess they've talked about simplifying the defense for everyone involved. I think they're going to simplify it even further for Devin. They might simplify the defense ever, for everybody down to just, let's say, 30% of the playbook, but for Devin, maybe it'll be just 10 and say, here's your package. When we send you in, it's going to be one of these things. Mm-hmm. And But even the problem with that is he has to know how to line up based on what the offense is doing and where to go based on that. And that confusion, that's what bites you, bites you every time because there's so many young players that are really getting their first reps in the NFL, so you don't have enough of those Foyer-Lewican guys that have been there, done that. And, I mean, he's not even that long in the tooth when you think about it. So it, it's tough because, what, the the one of the – in the secondary, Rayshon Jenkins is your one real veteran player. Mm-hmm. Most games played. He's the one guy. Like Andre Sisco, this is essentially his first football season in, what, two years? Yep. Uh, Tyson Campbell, this is only his second year, and he missed time last year. But he's out on an island. There's sometimes a seventh-round pick rookie on the cor- at the other corner. I mean, you got Darius Williams out there who's in the slot, but you know his, he's moving around and doing stuff. It's tough when you have so many inexperienced pieces moving around. It'll be interesting to see if they can, if maybe they can put Devin on the edge some and just say, hey, go after the quarterback. Because that's in that Trayvon Walker Utah. role. Yeah. In that Trayvon Walker role. Get, get him out there and do some things like that. And maybe that's how they use him for, for his section of the playbook is go blitz. Just, just go line up and blitz. He is such a good athlete, and I love the Devin Lloyd pick. I love trading up and getting him. I thought he was that hybrid kind of safety linebacker guy who was just going to be freelancing a little bit on the field. You put him on those mismatches, give this defense so many different looks and stuff. That's why I thought if you're going to, if you're going to run with Muma, Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, you're going to have to have this hybrid defense where it's not a that traditional 3-4 where, I mean, you're just having that speed and athleticism. So I thought that could work if they ran that. But we're seeing just not seeing that production from the Trayvon Walkers, the Josh Allens. I mean, Foyer has been uh, very good. He's been obviously the best of the linebackers. Um, but I, I, just they're, they're just so green at this point. They yeah. just have not got that 
um, that athleticism boost from these young guys. And maybe that comes next year after, you know, kind of a 17-game season and a full training camp uh, for those guys going into 2023. But just not, to me, have not seen that athleticism uh, kind of boost that I thought we'd see from having Devin out on the field with Trayvon and Josh. And uh, maybe Chad Mumba comes in and, and changes a little bit of the look of that defense. I think a, a lot of this defense will look different next year. You know, another free agent class, another draft class added in and maybe the pieces are different. Um, you know, uh, when you, you mentioned Josh Allen, one thing that comes to mind with him is, you know, the same conversation you were having with Josh Rosen and I mentioned with Zach right. Wilson is the more he plays, the less trade value he's got because now, now you've gone past the trade deadline this year. you got one year left on that contract, $11 million next year, and he's doing extension. And the more he plays and doesn't get sacks, Unless someone's yep. going to give you for him. He's got three sacks this year. Again, when you've played so few of the reps outside, you look at Dewan Smoot, five sacks. And, and how many, how much playing time difference has there been between Josh Allen and Dewan Smoot? Right. I mean, you're talking a career year for Dewan Smoot in a fraction of the playing time. Um, and Josh Allen, it, we, we've said the th same thing about Josh Allen for the last two and a half years is – when are we going to see that potential of Josh Allen actually morph into this Production. guy? This guy is a productive <laughs> player, and he shows flashes. I mean, with ten and a half sacks as a rookie, had a down second year filled with injury. Uh, I think he went to IR in his second year, year three. Now we're into year four. I mean. With Josh Allen, when is that production going to come? Instead of just that tantalizing potential that we've seen with him, you know, seventh pick in the draft, defensive player of the year uh, at Kentucky, when is that going to translate into actual 10, 11, 12 sack seasons? And we saw during week one how good he looked. And then it falls off a ledge. And he and Trayvon Walker, that has been a disappointing area for me. And you know what? We were talking up how the two have been attached at the hip. Is that maybe a bad thing? <laughs> is that maybe that is a bad thing? Exactly. Sure. They have been attached at the, uh, the disappointing hip. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just pointing it out that the more he plays, the less another team will be willing to pay for him in a trade because the more they see that maybe he is all just flash mm -hmm. and, and no substance because the substance isn't there. Maybe he goes to the Von Miller pass rush camp this offseason and learns. He and Trayvon Go out there together and learn some stuff. And while you're at it, send the you know the tight end who they draft or get in the mix. Or if you re-sign Evan Ingram, go out to that Travis Kelsey uh, tight end camp or whoever tight end mm -hmm. camp they have and uh, and and learn some move because these Jaguars guys just so much unfulfilled expectations. At least that's what it feels like to me. They just need to go hang out with Smooth. They just need to go. <laughs> Smooth's got handwork, man. I mean, yeah. clearly, I know at one point he was doing like martial arts or something like that during the off season. Maybe they need to go pick up with Smooth. Uh, all right, uh, so like we talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson. they got to figure out how to slow him down this week. That'll be a tough task. That Ravens running game is brutal, but that Ravens defense is, uh, you know, it, it's a brand mm -hmm. at this point. The Ravens defense is its own brand, kind of its own thing, and they are always known, no matter who the coordinator is, for being physical, and they find a way to take the football away. So Lamar, you know, uh, injury report this week, he didn't practice on Wednesday. You're thinking – Maybe you get a maybe you get a, a maybe reprieve. Maybe get a break, please. Maybe you get a reprieve, but uh, <laughs> he has been uh, back at practice. He's a uh, full participant both Thursday and Friday, so he's not questionable anymore. Uh, Jaguars injury report clean once again, which mm -hmm. is nice coming off a bye.
but for the Ravens, they've got a little bit of a, they're banged up a little bit. So um, you've got some guys on that uh, the injury report this week. Ronnie Stanley not going to play on Sunday. Big tackle there. Uh, he is not going to play. Cornerback not going to play uh, this weekend. That's Jalen Amore. Davis, he is out, so some depth issues going to hurt for the Ravens as well. Uh, Kyle Hamilton banged up this week, big safety, uh, former number one draft pick. So you've got it. You've got some guys that are banged up, out, limited, questionable. Lamar was there, but he has moved back to a healthy stage again. So to me, Lamar Jackson, he's got, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes again, great tight end. He's mobile enough to hurt you outside of the pocket, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson, great tight end. Very mobile out of the pocket. Are we going to see what we saw against the Chiefs where you've got that linebacker on a tight end who can burn you, an athletic quarterback? What's going to happen this week? Uh, Does Lamar hurt you just like Patrick Mahomes didn't uh, hurt you in KC? You just got to buckle up and hope that hips bother him a little bit more (laughs) than uh, than he wants to let on. I mean, that's the best case scenario. They don't have the athletes. On the on the field to be able to really like contain this dude. I mean, if he gets if he gets space, he, he will burn you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you look at the Jaguars' defense, they have some phenomenal athletes. Don't get me wrong, but do they have an athlete like Lamar? No, I don't. Definitely so. not. Not one that plays the right position to to be able to to really use. And and that that'll that'll be tough. All right. Um, Guess it's time for us to go ahead and pick the game. I know you you got four wins down the stretch. Is this one of the four? Yeah, I've thought I've thought about picking them, but coming off a of bye, healthy, uh, at home, at home, yeah. So I I am. He's on the fence. Can can they do it this week? And I I just don't know. I I don't know. I don't like the Lamar matchup. I'm gonna probably pick the Ravens this week over Jacksonville. I'm gonna say 27. Uh, 27-21, Ravens. Right. I'm not on the fence. I'm picking the Ravens. Uh, I know it was a close game between Baltimore and Carolina last week. Not exactly a high-scoring game. I do think this one will be close. Um, the only way that if the Jaguars can hold Lamar under 40 yards rushing, they win the game. <laughs> you're, you're, exactly. very, you're very, yeah. Uh, hey, look, if that hip's bothering him... <laughs> You I know, like the that's humor. Humor on Black Friday. I like it. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm I'm picking the Ravens all the way in this one. I don't think it'll be an incredibly high scoring game. Um, but I do think the Jaguars will keep it close. Um I'm gonna go twenty one seventeen Ravens. Okay. Uh Jaguars fall to three and eight if I'm right. Uh I don't wanna be right. I'd rather them win this game and uh, you know, find a way to stop Lamar Jackson, but I just don't see them being able to control him. And if they do control him, one of those running backs is gonna go off. And if they do, even if they stop the running backs and stop Lamar Jackson, can Trevor Lawrence really be able to move the ball against this Baltimore Ravens defense? I'm just not sure that They've got lightning in the bottle for this one. This is a Ravens team that knows how to win, and we've seen this is a Jaguars team that does not. So right. I, I got to go Baltimore. I, yeah, I can't. I can't. It, it, good laugh, though. This is long, the hardest <laughs> laugh I've had this week of them holding him under 40 yards. I think the only way that happens is if he injures himself on the first snap of the game. I hey, don't. Maybe that. I'm telling you, maybe that hip flares up. Maybe the humidity bothers it. Whatever it is. Uh, get a little lucky. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Uh, Probably not. I, I think the only the way they win that game is if Lamar doesn't finish the game. Yeah. Hey, and that means uh, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker need to go out there and hit the guy. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, we don't wish injuries on anybody, but uh, we'll see if uh, Lamar Jackson can give it a go. He should play, and 
that's not good news for the Jaguars. But that'll do it for this episode of the News for Jags podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll check in with you next time.